Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Make sure to stop by our website, artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com as we just kicked off our seasonal subscription boxes. So make sure to start your subscription today. Also stop by our website or beginagaintoys.com for our Percy King Collaborative Art Kits. Really, really incredible podcast today as I get to speak with entrepreneur, author, engineer, and United States Air Force veteran Bob Taylor. Always want to say thank you for his service. Make sure to follow Bob on Instagram at The Patriot Promise and on Twitter at Patriot Promise One as well as a few other links that I will provide in the body of the podcast. You can also purchase his new book, From Service to Success, on his website, patriotpromise.org. And you can also get that on Amazon really soon. Let's welcome Bob Taylor. Gotcha. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Excellent. Well, I've already started recording. <laughs> we, we, ju- we jump right in. So um, thank you for doing this. Uh, we were put in contact a couple weeks ago, and we actually chatted, was it last week? Last week or two weeks ago. And we were kind of discussing which podcast to have you on initially, at least. And I thought maybe we'd have you on this one, and then maybe eventually get you on the other two that we we have because i think um what you're doing and and how you're doing it and all these kind of amazing things that you are doing kind of speaks to what we do um or trying to do i guess is a better way to say it um so thank you again for doing this uh like it was well, pretty if anything i have learned to be flexible <laughs> that's great well i think it's it's pretty um like you have a really just for talking with you and then also like doing research and getting some information sent to me about you as well. You've had, you have a very interesting life <laughs> for lack of a better way to say it. Um, I mean, you are an air force veteran. Um, you, I, I guess I would call you an entrepreneur, but you started a company called Alliant Enterprises, um, I don't know how many years ago now I'm looking in 80s. I don't know. And but it, needless just to, 20 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and then you've just written a book and are currently on a book tour, correct? Or just getting ready to start a book tour. So I want to dive into all these things because I think again, through a being a veteran and thank you for your service. Um, and we're, you were in desert storm. Um, and what Alliant does, I think, is is really amazing and impactful. And then, like, I think what you, what we discussed about what your book is trying to do and inspire, I think all of these things are very, very interesting. So I don't know where to jump in. I always have this problem of where to jump <laughs> in, but um, feel free to just 
Start talking. <laughs> so just, I mean, from the beginning, I'm, I'm just, a, I looked at myself as just a Joe average Midwestern guy growing up in Michigan, uh, went to Michigan State University. And um, in my senior year, uh, walking to class, I kind of heard in the back of my mind, my dad saying a phrase, I always wish I would have learned how to fly. <laughs> He had passed away just a few years earlier. And so um, that's something that he and I shared. And so when I looked up, I was walking in front of the Air Force recruiting station. So I took a right turn. Nine months later, I was at officer's training school uh, going into uh, become a B-52 navigator. And so uh, I was stationed at Griffiths Air Force Base and uh, flew 11 combat missions during Desert Storm out of Diego Garcia. And then uh, kind of felt like uh, things were normal, uh, but I started having these nightmares. So it it kind of interrupted the normal flow of life. And these nightmares were just uh, in the Air Force, or as I flew I only flew over the targets. I didn't get into hand-to-hand -hand combat or anything. And so I was a little bit surprised that I had these nightmares, but they were very violent and like hand-to-hand. -hand and um, I would, in some of them, I would get shot and I could feel the blood flowing. It was just terrible nightmares. But then they, they went away after about six months. And uh, after about a year, I decided to leave the Air Force and and uh, went to Kalamazoo, Michigan, where my best friend in college was working and started my medical device career there. And I uh, just realized I've been doing medical device for over 30 years now, and I've started up a number of companies. I've sold a couple, and uh, I've experienced a lot of success in business. But along the way, you know, I, I got back into the Air Force Reserves, and i I was a navigator in KC-135s and then a, a academy liaison officer, and I finished up as a major. Um, so by most measures, I've had a very successful and, and uh, fulfilling life. Um, but it that kind of belies some of the challenges that I faced along the way. About 16 years after I got out, those nightmares that I had right afterwards came back and I say they came back with a vengeance. And um, it got to the point where I was even afraid to go to sleep. Wow. So I started drinking a little, drinking a little bit more, drinking a little bit more, trying to help myself go to sleep. But it wasn't help because I'd fall asleep and then I'd wake up from the nightmares. So um, I became sleep deprived. And I just was not the person that I wanted to be. Um, I was uh, suffering from depression, irritability, anger. Uh, it was just piling up. And so I finally decided to go to the VA and get help. And um, I was very fortunate with who I connected with as a counselor. And she gave me some coping skills and I started a process of, of healing along the way. And do you, I mean, did you start Alliant kind of in the idea of 
giving back, like helping other vet Cause it is, you do work with the government and there is like a veteran component to it. Was there, was there something in that because of maybe what you were going through that you were thinking on the lines of helping, like giving back? Was that part of it? No, I actually kind of avoided uh, the veteran because a lot of people had encouraged me to register as a veteran owned business and I, I pushed that off. Um, I wanted to kind of make things on my own. And uh, the primary thing that I wanted to do at Alliant was to create something that would be a great experience for employees and that I could uh, share in the success. Um, as I grew the business, I wanted to create a culture that was exceptional. And that's been my mission all along. And then um, I think it was about six years into it, I decided to register as a veteran-owned uh, small business. And then um, and then uh, finally as a service-disabled veteran-owned small business. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, that's, it's interesting to hear that because, you know, like because of what you were going through, like I, it would have... I would have assumed maybe that there was that relationship, but it came a little bit later that, that relationship with, with the, the veteran owned business. I mean, like describe like what, and we'll get into the book here in a little bit, of course, but like describe that process of going through that entrepreneurship after you got out of the service. Cause you said you've started multiple businesses and you've sold a couple, but you're still, currently the CEO, um, of Alliant, correct? Um, correct. Okay. And like, describe like what that was like for you, because, you know, I think a lot of, you know, I think I, I, we talked about a little bit about this when, um, we talked a week ago is when people like athletes, for instance, or veterans, you know, like you, you get out of the service, you quit, you know, your, your playing career. It's almost like this, I don't know what to do now that, that there's that void of kind of, I want to say that's who you're defined as. Um, but there's that void of who you were like, was it an easy transition for you to go from service to business? Was that, I mean, did you graduate from Michigan state before you went or did you jump into it? Okay. Yeah. And, so I graduated with a bachelor of science in me okay. mechanical engineering and uh, I studied a little bit of graduate engineering at, at Syracuse University. Okay. Uh, but I was, you know, there's a lot of fortunate things as I look back in my career. The, my best friend from college was working at this company in Kalamazoo, and they had an opening, and I just needed that little bit of a break because it's it's not very typical for for, you know, a B-52 navigator to end up at a medical device as a R&D engineer. It's, it's just not a very common path. And I just needed that, that little bit of a break. And, um, but I was, um, I worked for a, a man that I thought was a manufacturing genius at the time. Uh, we were doing lean manufacturing uh, way before it was kind of, uh, uh, throughout the industry, we used to give tours to Ford and, and other large companies. They'd come and see what we were doing. And uh, so I flourished in that environment. 
Um, I went from R&D engineer into operations and then from operations into marketing. And uh, from marketing, I started doing uh, merger and acquisition. And that's what presented the first opportunity for me to uh, two partners and I uh, purchased seven product lines from that company called Richard Allen Medical and started our first company. And it grew beyond belief. And um, I, I sold my interest in that company to start Alliant Enterprises. Wow. I mean, that's, I, like you said, it, you've lived a kind of a very interesting life. Like it's, I, I don't know. Like I mean, it, like I said, like reading up on you was kind of fascinating and and really interesting to see these kind of twists and turns of what your life is. You know, I mean, like you said, I mean, do you think back about that like you did say you do like kind of think back about it? It's I think it's I don't know, it's just it's just really interesting. Well, one of the things that um the military taught me was, you know, one chapter closes another chapter opens. And that's how I've tried to live my life is like a chapter book. You know, I loved um, I loved flying in the Air Force. I really did. I, um, I think I excelled at what I did. Um, I think I um, was on a very good career path. And then just, you know, with the way things were in the world, the peace dividend, and they started drawing down some of their... Uh, some of the forces, I decided that maybe my best career path was outside the the military. And so I opened up a brand new chapter. And, you know, like you said, with athletes, sometimes it's really, really hard. Uh, there was a, a, a former quarterback on Tom Brady's podcast. They're talking about Aaron Rodgers, his decision whether or not to keep playing. And that uh, he's contemplating his death. Yep. It's that significant of a change when you go from, and I, you know, I can understand that when you're performing at the highest possible level and a, accomplishing uh, some of the best things that you've ever accomplished in your life, to look beyond that is very scary. But my opinion is, when you close that chapter, you just have to open up the next chapter in your book and look for what that next great thing is. And I think we have it within us to exceed and excel in many facets of life. We're not, you know, um, I think Michael Phelps is one of those athletes that just found exactly what he was meant to do as an athlete in swimming. But that doesn't mean you know, at the age of 30 something that his life is over. Yep. Uh, he's, he's got other things that he can do to make an impact on other people's lives. And uh, so for me, uh, I think what really made a difference in my life is when I realized that my joy in life wasn't from my own satisfaction. It wasn't from what I believed I could accomplish. It was based on how can I help others? And so um, I've got a project where we're growing the business to $130 million by the year 2030. I'm going to do an um, employee stock ownership program either next year or the year after. And so the employees are going to get to share in about 30% of 
that windfall when we sell the company. And uh, or you and this know, is Alliant as well, or is this a different one? This is a, okay. this is Alliant. Okay. So Alliant is actually a family of companies. Okay. So Alliant Healthcare, which sells, um, the last two years we've sold over 120 million dollars into the federal government each year. Um, our company MediSurge, we manufacture anything from knee implants to cardiovascular products to cassettes that warm and cool the body during surgeries. And um, and we've got Alliant Biotech, which is a brand new company that's focused on orthopedic surgery. And um, so what I'm trying to do is not just grow the businesses for my own purposes and my own benefit, but to create a company culture that allows the employees to really uh, feel a sense of ownership, pride, and the success, shared success in what we're doing. It sounds a lot like Patagonia to me. Like it's, it's your, I mean, like you're really enriching other people's lives through, I mean, it's just, it's impactful. I mean, that's the way, is it a B corporation out of curiosity? Uh, we're a limited liability company. Okay. okay. So we, and that that's, you know, um, I sold, when I sold my interest in Aspen Surgical, it wasn't enough to make me rich for the rest of my life, but it gave me a sense of accomplishment. But I realized that that's not where the real joy was. Right. Um, it was, it's seeing success in the eyes of people. Like right now I have 60 employees and so I view myself as being responsible for 60 families and um, we'll be well over a hundred employees by the end of this year and probably doubling in size each year after. So I take it as an opportunity to really um, see the impact in changing their lives profoundly. Right. No, I, 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 I'll say thank you to you, even though I don't work for you, because I think if, if being serious, because I think if more people thought like that, we'd be better humans, but you're that, that responsibility aspect, you don't have to have it. Obviously, you know, it's your, it's your baby in, in some ways, but it's like that idea that if you enrich their lives, they're going to, they're going to work harder for you, for you because you care about them, you know? And like, that's, I think that's a, People don't think like that. That's why the Patagonia, I can't remember his name offhand, but I think he really runs his business very much the same way where, you know, employees feel like they're part or not just feel they are a part of the growth and the structure of the business. I think that's, I just think that's powerful. So, I mean, did it, in all of this, like where did the, where and how did the book come in? Because like the book's title is From Service to Success, correct? Um, correct. And then you, in, in that, did you start the Patriot Promise Foundation? Like, did that, was that kind of. They were, the they time? were born almost at the same time. That's what I was wondering. Okay. Um, so my son was working for a gentleman by the name of Bob Proctor. And a lot of people know Bob Proctor from the movie, The Secret. Right. And uh, so uh, he unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but. Um, my son was working for him at the time doing all his video work. And um, 
Bob Proctor invited me to a, a week long, it's called a matrix event, a very intensive, uh, powerful program to help you achieve. And so my son said, dad, you got to come with a big idea. And so I ran a couple ideas past me. He's like, dad, no, a, a big <laughs> idea. <laughs> so, um, so that's when I started to give kind of the birth to the idea of the Patriot Promise Foundation. And uh, the book is meant to be a roadmap for helping veterans. And, it, you know, we talk about the transition from military service into civilian life, but there are, there are veterans, you know, my age, uh, you know, 55 and older that transitioned years and years and years ago who might still be struggling. Yep. You know, um, my struggles weren't the typical struggles. Well, I don't know if they're typical or not, but they weren't as obvious. Uh, I suffered from depression, irritability, anger, and, uh, and it was rooted in, I think, that transition, but also some of the baggage I carried with me into the military. And um, so I was fortunate in, in getting the help that I did and in some of the success that I had in business. And I thought, uh, I need to put this down. I need to do some research and find out what the problem is. And what I saw was that there's something like 48,000 veteran service organizations. It's just mind boggling how many there are. But all of them are, are kind of singularly focused on one aspect of helping a veteran, you know, find a job, uh, you know, uh, connecting with an animal or connecting with uh, a, a service animal or connecting with uh, some event that would help them. But I didn't see a lot of fully integrated um, ways of helping veterans rethink their lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what kind of started the book process for me was that research to discover a, a roadmap to help veterans understand who they were, who they are, and who they can be. And is that, I mean, do you think that that rethinking your life was obviously a personal experience and like understanding what you'd gone through and, and how how the way that you shifted your life and different things that you did. I mean, that like, it sounds like it's definitely a personal experience. Well, I think for the most part, I kind of thought along these lines naturally. Mm -hmm. um, even though I, what what's weird is I'm a very positive, um, you know, type person with that sets goals. But at the same time, I suffered from, depression it was overlapping and um that made it really tough to do the things that i knew that i wanted to do and uh so i was diagnosed with uh ptsd and uh at the same time i was having these business successes and um so it was a dichotomy of outwardly looking very you know successful and having a good life but inwardly um it was almost like a torment where i 
I couldn't be the person that I wanted to be. I wasn't uh, satisfied with the life I had. And when I say irritable, uh, everyone has that relative or in-law that says the wrong thing at the wrong time. And that's irritating, right? <laughs> yeah. But this ir irritability is like when everyone does that. And I describe it as the world looks like you're surrounded by thorns and it's just difficult to navigate. And when you put that on top of depression, where depression isn't just sadness, a lot of people misunderstand what depression is. For me, the visual that I give, it's like living in, in molasses. Everything is slowed down. Everything is difficult. Uh, life is just not as interesting. It's not raw. It's not real. And so when you're living in, in these kind of altered realities, it's, it's difficult. Do you, I mean, just thinking about that, like you went, the book is new, like it's out. You're actually, have you started your book tour? So yet? I have, yeah, I have author copies and I've been going out and, and delivering books and I'm starting the, the media campaign, but uh, the book is coming into uh, Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble and other bookstores on the 2nd of May. Okay. That's great. I mean, but do you think like timing wise, like you, you kind of, like you said, you, you went through your, your self-help a couple years back, correct? And then was the book, I don't want to say like, you know, cause I think we talked about the idea of creativity. Like we talk a lot about creativity and how it's beneficial for mental health. Do you feel like the book was kind of an exhale of sorts, um, where, where it was therapeutic in some ways, or were you already past, I don't want to say you're past that point because like anything, like we, we continue to work on ourselves. Does that make sense? I'm trying to like form yeah, was, this question. No, I, I think it's a very good question. Um, I think it was part of a process where, um, you know, I try a lot of things I try to intellectualize, right. Even, even the emotional part and part of, the coping skills is to become more and more self-aware of who you are, where you're at in life and what you're doing and, and what you could be doing differently. And so the book was just kind of a furtherance of, of trying to intellectualize what my problem was and try and understand how I could help other veterans. But the, you know, writing the book, was not as um there were there were times that i would get very unsettled in my chair when i was writing the book i would just get where i physically had to get up and walk away because whatever it was going on in the book or in my mind i just i couldn't really keep working right but the the thing i've noticed is the book was easier than than promoting the book um <laughs> You know, I've I've been talking, I've gotten much more accustomed to talking about my mental health mm -hmm. and some these are some very, very personal aspects of my life. And my wife and I are very private people. So when I get up in the morning and write a list of things I want to do, talking about my mental health is not one of them. But uh, 
I would say that um, I've gained a much deeper insight into myself, where I've come from, and what I'm what I'm trying to do. Just as I go through, you know, a podcast like this with you and and talking through some of these things, it's a it's an amazing journey. Come train with us. Creative and athletic training in a box filled with art and sports products, tips and techniques, recipes and collectibles that promote mental and physical wellness. The Seasonal Artist Athlete Box is the next step to a healthier you. Stop by artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com and subscribe today. The Abstract Athlete, where art and sports collide. it's interesting and I've talked about this on the podcast with other people because I, I agree like dealing I, I'm a I'm as extroverted as I am I'm also very introverted I think that's my my creativeness but it's also just like like you said like mental health is something that I think we've almost been especially men have traditionally and especially you as a military person person like you have to keep it all in you know like and that's and so for me i think it's been very it's been fascinating to watch over the last maybe 10 years or so you know athletes and veterans coming out and talking about these things because i think it's helpful like much like i think your book is going to be helpful because you are allowing yourself to be vulnerable which is a part of for me allowing to talk about mental health that's that vulnerability thing and and showing it's like yes i'm you know a big strong guy or a big strong woman or whatever you know i'm tough and meant blah 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 but that doesn't mean that i don't struggle you know like and i think that that hiddenness that we you know i, I think we're again trained to have like I, I said this to somebody just recently it's just like i you know, like thinking back about a lot of the things that I've gone through, like I always held stuff in always. Um, and now if something goes on, like I'll just, I'll go down in my basement and just start screaming or something because it at least allows me to do that. And, you know, again, I think for me being an artist, um, and physically working out, like, and just telling people that there's different things that you can do that can allow you to get stuff out without maybe physically talking about it, but I think the physically talking about it is just, it's just important, but it's, it's, it some, is. it's something that we're just not used to, but I think we are maybe becoming more and more used to it. That's the, I think that's the biggest part of my mission right now is that, you know, if I came on your show and we were talking about art and I had a broken leg, we'd be kind of joking around about, well, how'd you do that? I slipped and fell and I did something stupid and, <laughs> And it, there just wouldn't be any stigma whatsoever with it. And so, you know, there is a stigma around mental health. Um, and it really shouldn't be the, I, I just learned something last night. The, 
the whole drive of this is to try and get it, make it so that people are more comfortable talking about mental health. And the benefit of that is if I'm talking about mental health and you're talking about it and we understand that it's just part of life, then maybe we're more open to getting help. Maybe we're more open to just talking to, just like you'd go to see a doctor for a broken bone, you go to a doctor to talk about some of your mental health issues. It's no big deal. It's extremely helpful. Uh, one of the things I just read in the 2022 of every year, the VA publishes a report on uh, suicides by veterans. And if a veteran goes to the mental health clinic for treatment of depression, substance abuse, or PTSD, for example, their likelihood of dying from suicide is reduced by 30 to 34%. That's a stunning statistic. And I just, no one is talking about it, but just going to the VA or, or probably if you're a civilian going to get mental health uh, assistance reduces the likelihood of suicide by a third. And I, I just think that's remarkable. And uh, the statistics show that over 10 years from 2001 to 2020 or 2022, over that period of time, it's it's gotten better. So the VA is really um, enhancing their mental health um, efforts, and it's having a dramatic impact on reducing suicides. And I think that, you know, again, the fact that they're doing that is amazing. Like it's, it's, um, and I, I say that about, about professional sports. I say that about society, because I think finally that door is opening, that the stigma is starting to go away. I mean, it's still there's still residue of it. Um, you know, like, you know, rub, rub dirt on it, you know, like it'll go away and stuff like that. And, but I think that, you know, like, again, like stuff that you're doing, writing a book, do you go, I mean, are you, have you gone out on maybe pre book tour? Cause you're just getting started on that, but have you ever given like lectures? I mean, about this, or this, is this kind of the opening of that so I've door. done a couple speaking engagements. One was uh, with a group called I Understand. Uh, it's a, a group that um, supports survivors of um, people that have died from suicide. And so th that was a that was an incredible event. Um, I felt very good about it. And um, there was a lot of interest in the book and that. So uh, I think that's one area that that I feel called to do is more and more speaking engagements and even to go to like a um, sales training event for some of these larger companies and speak at those and and point out um, that there's a path from where we're at to where we think we can be. No, you'll probably go into these businesses and everybody's going to come want to come work for you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, literally, because I do think, again, the system that you are setting up and or have set up is so employee friendly and and understanding that it's it's I don't know, like, I, I do think that, you know, there is definitely 
a shift in culture happening in, in that we are being more empathetic towards each other. I don't know if it was COVID related. I don't know if it was bubbling beforehand, but also just, again, all this, all this like dialogue that people are talking about and, and that willingness to share what, you know, like that it's okay to struggle and it's okay to like go through stuff. And, and if you need help to go get it, like that, that stat that you just said, the third percent, like that's amazing to me, like that it's that high. Like you would just wouldn't think that it would be that high. Um, but it makes sense because again, like half that battle is that allowing yourself to talk that internalization. Like I, I use that phrase. I, I, Thankfully, a buddy of mine I was talking to recently and was going through some struggles and you could just see that the spiraling down, you know, and that spiraling, like, and if you're not talking to any, anybody like the smallest things and it just keeps going and going and going, but that willingness to talk and, and allow yourself to talk is just, we just hold on, we hold on to things and we don't know how to deal with them. You know, the, there's a lot of self-guilt there's a lot of i should have done that or i shouldn't have done that and um you know self-forgiveness is a really really important tool in how we get through life uh everyone uh i don't know anyone that is unscathed by life uh you know whether it's family whether it's um relationships at work, whether it's things that you did or things that you left undone, we all fall short in many aspects of our lives. And like you said, sometimes we, we hold on to those things and we just play them over and over and over again in our minds. And we'll never get past that if we don't practice self-forgiveness. Um, so there's some some things in the book where I talk about how do you forgive yourself? Yeah. What what do you do to um, relieve yourself of of that agony? And uh, so there there are some basic fundamental things that we can do that an athlete knows that they have to you know lift weights or to run or to you know, do the physical things that they need to do to perfect their athletic condition. And in the military, we train like it's nobody's business to become great at the things that we do. Um, that's why military people can go towards fire yep. instead of going away from it. And for athletes, it's what allows them to achieve greatness um, against many, many odds that they face. So they understand, okay, if I train or if I do the things that I need to do physically, they get that. But there's a whole world uh, that surrounds us that's our mental world. Yep. And thinking with gratitude um, to kind of just more dismiss some of the negative influences in our lives focus on what we have to be grateful for self-forgiveness um setting um really high goals 
like my son, dad, you got to come up with something big. Uh, you know, when you, if, if people transitioning from whether it was athletics or from the military, if they just sat around and, and thought about what that something big is, and then once you have it in your mind, Bob Proctor used to always say, if you can, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hands. Ideas are things. And I truly believe that. Um, that's how, you know, Patriot Promise is a reality. That's why there's a book called From Service to Success. That's why I have uh, Alliant Enterprises. Um, ideas are things and we can, and we can bring them into uh, the physical world, but it all starts in our, in our minds. What, what do you like think that, I mean, you're very proactive in terms of your approach to stuff. I mean, where do you like did, growing up? Did you, I mean, were you an athlete growing up by the way? And like, I mean, but like, you, <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. I, I think I weighed 145 pounds when I graduated <laughs> from, from high school. Right. But I mean, it's like you, you have, you have this, it's kind of an addictive sense about you in terms of like the way that you talk. That's why I was asking about you going out and giving speeches. Like you, I don't want to call you like a motivational speaker. Cause I think that demeans almost what you're talking about, but what do you like attribute your kind of go get them attitude? I mean, was that something that just came about as you went along? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because like, it sounds like you met the right people at times too, like Bob Proctor telling you these things, but like, it feels like you're, you, you also have a vision and you were going to get it and do it. I just, it, it's, it's about overcoming adversity. Um, you know, I, I had some tough um, aspects of my childhood. Uh, I lost my dad. Uh, he had um, was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease when I was, I think I was nine years old when he was first diagnosed. And uh, I was very introverted, very uh, shy. As a matter of fact, I was at Michigan State and I took an engineering communication class as a freshman and I could not get up in front of the class and speak. I was just paralyzed. Yep. And um, I failed the first midterm, which was a presentation. And it was a turning point in my life because I decided I cannot experience that ever again in my life. So I prepared beyond belief for the final exam. I wrote the exact speech out. I rehearsed it hundreds of times with people on the, on the floor at my uh, dormitory. I practiced it everywhere I could. Um, I, I, got all the criticism for inflections and everything. Yeah. And when, when I got there, I nailed it. Yeah. And so I think that's been a, a consistent story is experiencing some failure that's beyond painful at the time. And just deciding that, okay, I can never experience that again. I never will. And I'm going to do the things that, um, and it was really when I was in the Air Force before I realized how to excel. Um, I just, it came together for me and the hard work I graduated, I was a distinguished graduate at navigator training. 
Um, I accomplished things as a B-52 navigator, instructor navigator, and bombardier. Um, I, I really started to see that if I did the right things, trained, studied, worked, that the world was my oyster. And uh, so I took that and applied that to uh, my civilian career. I, it's funny. I, I don't know if I, we talked about this. I'm a professor here at Virginia Commonwealth. And I talk to my students and it's an art program. So it's like there's communication, like when we do critiques and stuff, but I constantly, constantly, constantly tell them you need to know how to talk. Like, cause when you're out of these four walls of academia and I just heard a quote, I think it's attributed to Warren Buffett, something to the fact where if you have the skills to communicate, you, you elevate your, your uh, status by 50%. I mean, that's probably a little high, wow. but, but it's, it's true. And it's like that, that idea, yes, it is paralyzed. And, and it, those first times you get up, you get more comfortable, obviously, but those first times you get up it's because it's, it's unfamiliar. And like that failure thing, I talk about that all the time. Like failure is not bad. Failure helps you get for like, it helps you move forward. You know, and there's like, there's another, I'm using like another phrase, but like there's a phrase, I don't know who said it or whatever, but it's like, you either win or you learn. And I love that because it's like the idea of losing or failing. It's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like you just, some of the, my son's doing a documentary on, uh, it's called the death of recess coming out this fall, but it's, uh, it's about kind of how creativity when kids are in kindergarten, 98% score really high on creativity. And by the time they're through college, it's down to like 2%. And so, you know, obviously we change the way we think as we grow um but like you said that the failure that we experience what one of the things that um he discovered he went all over the world looking for how education is done and one school stopped using the term failing and they changed it from yet to it's either yet or not yet it's not pass or fail. It's yet or not yet. I like that a lot. And uh, and it changes the way those students thought. Instead of I'm a failure, they're thinking about I'm learning. Yep. I'm preparing for the next time. And that's all it is. Failure, you know, I've had failures in business. I've lost at times substantial amount of money. Uh, but the thing with, with that is I can always recover money. Uh, I can't recover the time I lose. Yep. And so that's one of the lessons I've learned is to be very careful with the time that I apply towards things, but I don't look at, at circumstances like that as failures. I look at them as really important lessons. Yep. I, I'm, I can't wait for your son's film now because I, it is one of those things where, and I'll have to talk to him at some point in time, because I do think that I don't want to say it's an American thing, but we do not value creativity as much here as we do, like say in Europe or in 
South America or so, you know, like where it's more embedded in culture where here it's almost, you know, I, I say that we should have like creativity should be classes that we should take as opposed to, Oh, it's an elective, you know, like, like math, you know, take a creative class because it's, it's just important for development. It's important for, again, mental health. It's important for critical thinking. It allows you to like think in different ways. And it's just, it's strange to me that we don't value it as so much. So when I, when I interview people, I look for several traits. One of them is intellectual curiosity. Just fundamentally, are you a curious person? Yep. And then um, I need them to be creative. Yep. Problem solving is a creative process. Yep. There, sure, it's it's driven by data, but you have to be able to step back and look at what the problem, uh, what the root cause is, and then you have to be able to look creatively into the future and use imagination to kind of take the leap from what is to what can be, yep. and and I find that that's um, a muscle that is. Um, not in condition in a lot of people. It's it's funny you say this because I've created a class here. Well, it's I'm trying to create a pro, well, it's sort of a program, um, and it's called Creative Practices. And a lot of student athletes take my class because I have classes called Art and Athletics. We talk about physical and 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 creative exercises. But the idea that that I want it to become a minor. The reason being was what you just stated. It's like, if you're curious, if you're exercising your critical thinking, people are going to want to hire you just for that alone, because you're not in that little box of, well, I know what two plus two is. And like, well, okay. You know, like, so what, like get out of that mindset and start thinking about things that are not possible, but that could be possible. Like, you know, just that like not there yet as opposed to you know i i love that because it's that's to me that's the way we grow as not just individuals which we do grow as individuals from that but also as a society and and humanity right the you know i talk about what i'm trying to do for my employees and and for veterans it it's not completely without gain for me you know i do gain sure by the the joy i experience and the happiness i feel when i walk in the door and i see people and they smile back at me and um the interactions that i have with people around me um and the respect and appreciation that i feel when I'm working with people that, you know, that's gain. I do, I do get something out of this. It's not just for selfish purposes, but I'll take, I'll take that stuff any yeah, day. That, that is not selfish. That's, I mean, cause that's just rewarding. Like I, I just to use an example myself, like when students do stuff in my class, for instance, that is just so unexpected, like not unexpected to me because I know everybody has it in them, but like maybe unexpected. I had a golfer the like a couple weeks ago and we had, we were critiquing 
a project and the project prompt was, you know, uh, make an artwork of a place you want to go, you know, and some people like drew like beaches and, but other people like did some amazing stuff. And this golfer, like I, I believe he's from England, he, he had written something and he told all the class to close their eyes and he read it. And you know, what happens is everybody experiences him talking and whatever, but we go to our own place. And to me, it was right. like this, just this beautiful moment where, well, he's an athlete. Like we won't, we don't expect him to do something that's, you know, conceptual or, or thoughtful or whatever. Cause all he, all he cares about is <laughs> hitting a golf ball, you know? And it's like, to me, it's like, that's, that is the reward of allowing somebody to do something like giving somebody permission to do something. And that's what you're doing. Like you're giving people permission through, through what you're doing. And I think that's, again, like I wish more business owners would be like you because I it's a, it's just a healthier way for us to grow as humans, but it's, it just, it, it allows us that, that space to, think and to breathe and stuff well it's you know the thing is it's not a, a choice between having a business like this or success you know um i can generate as much profitability as any other company in the area but do it in a way that shares the success um i've made decisions that uh, are, I'm very careful about bringing in any investors because the investors are going to drive for their own returns and profits. So um, we're going I've, through we're going through that right now. As a matter of fact, as a business, we're we're we we have product that we're starting to get you know money coming in, but we still need some money to like allow us to do some stuff, but. Thank, thank goodness my co-founder uh, has gone through businesses and sold them, whereas like we need to hold on to as much equity as we want. And we also want to be in control of this. And I'm, I, you know, I agree with it, but it's like, it's, it's hard because sometimes I, I'm like yeah. the one that wants to go a hundred miles an hour because I see what we're doing in the impact. But at the same time, it's like, you can't rush. And like, you're talking about getting involved with somebody that's going to overtake the vision of what you're doing. And that's what happens. It it kind of sucks the oxygen out of the room of of the creativity, and drives it towards the financial performance almost exclusively. And um, but I I still believe that um, that we can perform at a very high level and do what we're doing. I, you know, like one of the the last kind of questions I always seem to ask, which I think is, it, it just gives some people that are listening, like an idea of where, like the vision and like, and where you think you're going and, and what you're doing. You've kind of touched on a, a bunch of stuff, but like 10 years down the road, like where, where do you want, you know, this to be? Are, are you planning on writing another book? Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like, I guess is maybe a better way to say it. Yeah. So. That's actually something I've been thinking about. <laughs> I reflected that I've been in a professional career for 40 years now. Uh, I've been in the medical device industry for 30. 
And so I am in kind of the, the last chapter of my medical device career. And so I've, I've got this 130 million by 2030 in the profit, but it's, it's not, I know that that's kind of um, a financial um, aspect, but there are business strategies that support that and also trying to set the employees up for uh, generating wealth. Mm -hmm. And and when I say wealth, the, the wealth I'm trying to achieve isn't the accumulation of money and assets. It's It's the circulation. It's taking money and wealth and then doing something with it. And that's a different thing. So this whole next chapter I'm calling finish strong. That's kind of my, my personal ideas. I want to finish strong. And so with the business, and then I've got the Patriot promise. Uh, there's another um, thing that I'm trying to do by 2030. I want to start uh, Lutheran high school up in Traverse city as a, as, as my legacy to be able to create an education opportunity in this kind of um, environment that we have where there's all these battles raging. I would like to have um, a school that is is allowing people to uh, experience kind of a, a the religious aspects of life along with uh, everything else that's going on. So I'm just trying to do the things that um, leave, whether it's my employees, veterans, or young people in a better position in life, uh, well beyond when I'm uh, no longer here. Yep. I just think that's, you know, like I use this word a lot in the podcast because I'm, I feel like I'm lucky enough to talk to a lot of people that are inspiring, but I do think really, really, I, w I wish and hope that people listen to you and follow your model because I think what you're doing, yes, like you said, you get, you get stuff from it, but what you're giving back is just unreal. And it's, it's, uh, and all I can do again, like from afar is to say, thank you, because I, I think you are, you're affecting people's lives, you know, and, in in a positive way, whether it's setting themselves up for the future, but just, I think the, the communication aspect and, and, and the vulnerability aspect. And I just, I think it's, you know, like, again, I, I think it it doesn't go without me seeing this. Like, and I think it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's just really, it's, it's inspiring to me. Well, I'm very grateful for the time that you've allowed. I'm grateful for the platform. Yep. I do have one, one request yes. is that any of your listeners, if they could just go to Patriot Promise on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and just follow. That's yep. really important to what I'm trying to do. And I'll put it in the I'll put it in the body of the the text if you of the of the podcast. And if you have any other sites, um, just email them to me or have Macy email okay. them to me because um, I I just put all the all the like relative links in the uh, in the 
the podcast bio or the body. Um, and the other question, I always ask this question because I always put new music to each podcast. Do you have any style of music that you like? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I go all over the place. I'm, okay. I'm kind of a, I can be a heavy metal person. Oh, or... right. Oh, maybe I'll put, I, <laughs> I, hey, I, I used to sing in a hard rock band. Maybe I'll put one of my band's old songs you, on there. There you we're, go. We're kind I of... grew up in the, in the greatest generation of music, <laughs> I think. I love it. I love it. No, I, I'll, I'll have to do that. But no, and I, again, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to talk to, uh, my brain doctor buddy that we do the abstract doctors. And I think that literally you could, you know, spread out um, and be on all three of our podcasts, because I do think that it touches, even though all three of them kind of end at the same point, but like, I think your, your, uh, your story kind of fits into every one of them. Um, The dot, the, uh, the veterans one, we have to get clearance from a, from an outside organization, but, um, but I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't want to have you on because, and it just, again, like we have different listeners, obviously from the different platforms. Um, but I right. just think, I think um, helping promote your book. And like I said, once, once the book's out, I'll put it up on our, our social me- social media platforms because I just, I, I think it's impactful. Well, people can order the book right now from patriotpromise.org and every okay. book that's purchased, we automatically donate one to a veteran. That's awesome. And so I'm not making any money off the sales that go through patriotpromise.org. People can donate one, five or 10. And, uh, and I'm getting those out into the hands. I think we're, we've already donated close to 2000 books to veterans. We're actually, this is something on a side note that we'll have, uh, that's something we could discuss as we go along, but we're in discussions with the local VA here in Richmond about, um, doing kind of a workshop. We just launched a subscription box as a matter of fact. Um, but we're going to hopefully start a program with them where they're going to get a subscription box every three months, um, workbooks that will like have, you know, daily prompts to do creative things, but it's something where we could actually probably put, you know, uh, like a card in the box with, with your information on it and like a, a QR code to go to your site. If, if that ends up being, cause again, like, that, that'd be I mean, awesome. I think that would be, you know, I, I like collaboratively, collaboratively working with other people to help promote other people's really great things. And I think that this fits completely in there. So, um, so I'll keep you posted on that because I think that would be a great little uh, thing to go in there. So, well, thank you again, and Absolutely. I am very, very grateful uh, for, uh, for I'm you glad, and your audience. I'm glad that we we connected because, again, very, very um, inspiring. So, thank you, thank you, and like I said, this will be out in a couple of weeks. I'll send the group um, some video snippets and some pictures to promote, and um, and we'll go from there, like with the rest of the stuff. Awesome, great, thank, thank you. you. Have a great day, Bob. Yep, yeah, you too. Bye bye. Just an absolutely incredible discussion. Uh, you know, I think Bob is really uh, what we all should be. Uh, he's a trailblazer. Uh, he has an amazing vision. And most importantly, like he cares about his fellow human. I think 
what he is doing with the Patriot Promise is just a model for all of us. Really, really appreciated this conversation, and I look forward to more with Bob. Again, make sure to follow Bob on Instagram at the Patriot Promise or on Twitter at Patriot Promise One, and you can also order his new book uh, from Service to Success on his website PatriotPromise.org. I will also provide a few more links in the body of the text. Remember, we just launched our seasonal subscription box, so stop by artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com and start your journey today. Also, check out our website or Begin Again Toys, and you can check out Percy King, our Percy King Collaborative Stacked Puzzle Art Kits. Remember to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. Yeah.